Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hello and welcome to The Inner Life here on this Thursday, the Feast of St. Simon and Jude, two of the Apostles. And I hope you're having a good Thursday. And uh, glad to have you here for this hour of spiritual direction. Every day at this time, we take that moment and uh, just talk about how we can grow in our faith, how we can grow closer to Christ, how we can live out those two greatest commandments, to love God with all of our heart, our soul, our strength, and our mind, and to love our neighbor as ourself. And uh, th- this is one of those hours where I-, I always appreciate so much the interaction that we have with you, the listener. And today, we're, uh, as, we're, as we're starting the program, think about different words that we say. Is there a word that you've misspoken in the past, something that you thought was correct? It sounded like what everybody else was saying, but you didn't have it quite right. And I think this happens to all of us at some point happens with my kids very regularly. They'll say some phrase or some sentence, and one word isn't quite right. Sounds very similar, but not quite right. Uh, my wife, this happened with her. Uh, she, years ago, would say the phrase, instead of intents and purposes, uh, she'd make the common mistake and say intensive purposes. And even when I first heard her say this, And I said, well, actually, (laughs) it's not intensive purposes, it's intense, all of your intents and purposes. And she said, no, I think my purposes are very intensive when I I have a purpose in mind. Uh, But there are phrases like that that people will say, they think they've heard something, they replace a word with something that's just a little off. Like when somebody says, oh, I could care less. The real phrase, what they probably mean is, I couldn't care less. I could not care less. I couldn't care about that any less than I do. Or another one that always makes me kind of chuckle is when I hear somebody say, yeah, we've got to unthaw that. Well, they probably mean to simply thaw it, because to unthaw would mean to freeze. Unthawing is freezing. Uh, One of the best examples of a person saying something that wasn't quite right is the Yankee baseball player, Yogi Berra. And he has some of these all-time classic quotes. Here are some of them. Baseball is 90% mental, and the other half is physical. Another one of his, always go to people's funerals, otherwise they won't come to yours. Here's another one. The future ain't what it used to be. Another one from Yogi Berra. It ain't the heat, it's the humility. And here's one last one. Even Napoleon had his Watergate. 
Now, a guy I knew growing up, his mon- his name was Monty Holloway, and uh, he said that when he was a little boy, any time that he prayed the Our Father, he thought it was his last name that everybody was saying in the prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, Holloway be thy name. And it was a few years <laughs> that he said this before he found out, well, God's last name isn't actually Holloway. And it's easy for us to hear a word, a word that we think we know, we think we've heard it correctly, but we get it wrong. And it's also easy to know all of the correct words and not necessarily know what we're saying. We've all probably had that experience too. I remember it with the Pledge of Allegiance at school as a young boy. I knew all of the words by heart. You might have too. You might have been saying it uh, first, second, third grade, you know, growing up. But I didn't understand the depth of what I was saying when I spoke words like allegiance or republic or indivisible. Sometimes even when we do understand everything, even when we know the full definition of the words that we're using, but we we say these words or these phrases or even full sentences, we say them regularly, we might not think about what we're really saying. This can happen for us in all kinds of areas, including in prayer. The Our Father, the Hail Mary. Do you think about what you're praying, those words that we use when we pray? And since we still have a few days left here in this month of October that's dedicated to the rosary, we thought it'd be a good idea to take this hour and talk about praying the rosary, but also be able to talk about taking a deeper look at what we're really saying, what we mean when we pray the Hail Mary. And we're going to dive into that coming up next here on The Inner Life. And so I hope you'll stay with me uh, as we take this in-depth look at the Hail Mary. And we'll have this conversation next here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Thanks so much for joining us here on The Inner Life today on this, the Feast of St. Simon and Jude, and I hope you're having a wonderful Thursday, as today we look at the Rosary, this month of October, dedicated to praying the Holy Rosary, and also taking a look at that main prayer that we use during the Rosary, the Hail Mary, and want to look at what we really are saying in that prayer. And for you, how has praying the Rosary How has it impacted you? How has it changed you? Have you become a more patient person? Have you found yourself growing in the virtues? Has the rosary helped you to maybe overcome an addiction or to remain pure, to remain chaste? Have you seen your marriage healed or a different relationship healed by praying the rosary? How has Our Lady's intercession 
brought about that transformation or that miracle in your life. Our studio line, 888-914-9149, And joining us for the hour as we look at uh, the Rosary and the Hail Mary specifically, Father Eric Nielsen is back with us once again. He's a priest in the Diocese of Madison. He's the pastor of the St. Paul University Catholic Center there on the campus of the University of Wisconsin in Madison. Uh, Father, so glad to have you back here on The Inner Life today. And uh, before we dive into the rosary, how are things on the campus there at the University of Wisconsin? You know, we're, uh, we're a happy bunch of people here. We've got a uh, beautiful student center and a lot of lively, um, happy students. Anybody who gets a little depressed about the Catholic Church should visit a student center where things are happening. They'll, they'll walk away just uh, a lot happier person with much more optimism about the future of, uh, <laughs> I love of that. the church. That's great. That's great. Well, so they can make a pilgrimage to the Catholic Center there at, <laughs> at the University of Wisconsin. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Anytime. Uh, We'd love, love to have you. Good. Well, so, Father, diving into the Rosary, diving into understanding the Hail Mary, there are, of course, other prayers besides the Hail Mary that call upon the intercession of our Blessed Mother. But the Hail Mary, that just seems to be the classic prayer to Mary, the one that everyone knows over any other Marian prayer. Why do you think that is? Why, why, I mean, this is more just kind of probably your opinion, but why do you think it's so popular? Well, I think we need a woman to go to in our life because our first experience of life is with a woman. You know, we're, we're conceived within a woman. You know, we, we're born out of a woman. We, we nurse at a woman's breast. We learn love and affection and acceptance from a woman. And, you know, so that's just so much primordially a part of who we are as human beings, you know, in our subconscious, this need to have a a strong woman in our life and and to turn to a woman in our desperate need, right? And so we never lose our need for our mother. And obviously we outgrow our mother to a certain extent, you know, and, um, you know, we live life on our own, but we need a spiritual mother even more than we need a physical mother. And uh, our Lord knows that, you know, it's important, and I don't want to get into this theologically, it's important that we see God as Father, right? Even though he's, he's a spirit, he's, he has neither male nor female, you know, sexual attributes, he's a spirit, right? But we need to see him as a Father. But God knows, because of the way we come into the world, we're just in a desperate need of a spiritual mother. And, and the Hail Mary puts us in touch with that. Hmm. So, another thing that might be good to address here, on the, just at the beginning of the show, there's a common complaint from non-Catholics, especially from non-Catholic Christians, and before I ever entered the Church, growing up as a Baptist, I know this was one of those things that I thought too, mistakenly. But if we pray to Mary, if we pray the Rosary, we might have someone accuse us of worshiping Mary. So can you take a moment to clarify the difference between what true worship is, worshiping God and the way that we pray to him, versus the way that we pray to Mary or any other saint? Yeah, and so, you know, worship, we, we, we kind of throw that word around a little bit. Um, and, you know, we, 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 he worships his football team. He worships his children. He worships the ground she walks on, right? It's just, and so we can use that worship in a, that word worship in a very broad sense, as in giving praise to and adulation to, or we can use it in a in a narrow sense as the worship due to God. And so when somebody says they worship their um, 
he, he worships his wife. You know, he would never think that he thinks she's a god. He just worships her as a very good woman, right? The church uses the, the phrase um, dulia and hyperdulia. So dulia is the worship owed to God as God. Hyperdulia is the worship owed to the Virgin Mary as the holiest of creatures. And so what we're doing when we say we worship Mary is this, no, we're just we're giving praise to Mary for who she is, God's greatest creature. And it makes sense. If you, had a, if you went to an artist's house and he showed you his paintings and all you did was say, I don't want to praise your paintings, I just want to look at you and praise you, he'd say, look, no, these are my paintings. In order to praise me, you need to look at my paintings and praise my paintings. And it's the same with God. When we give praise to Mary or praise to the saints, or even, you know, when we praise creation to a certain extent, the beauty of creation, we're praising God because these are God's works, right? Mm-hmm. And no Catholics, I mean, thinks that, you know, Mary is God or more powerful than God. But we do worship her for who she is, God's God's son. Or God, I mean, the, the mother of God's son. Yeah. Well, and... and uh, so let's talk about the Hail Mary prayer itself then. And this is one of those where, again, I think almost everybody that's probably listening is familiar with it, but um, we can just go through maybe, uh, you know, a short little phrase at a time and help us to just have a better grasp of what we really are saying. Because I think it's so easy, especially when you do pray the rosary, you end up going into meditative prayer. You know, you focus on the mysteries of the rosary, and sometimes those words might flow by, and you're meditating so much, you don't think about the words that we're praying. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, that you are meditating upon the life of Christ and these events that all take place uh, through his birth, death, resurrection, and ascension into heaven, and, uh, and even beyond. But those opening words, they're taken directly from Scripture. We're repeating the words that St. Gabriel, the archangel, used in greeting Mary. We, the only thing we do is we insert her name there, where we say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. So maybe to start with, uh, can we talk about full of grace? What are we actually saying in those words when we call on Mary and we say that she is full of grace? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, it is the angel Gabriel that speaks to Mary and says, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. And then obviously the last, the second part of that is taken from Elizabeth when she, when uh, Mary visits her, you know, blessed are you among women. And it's in that when the, when the angel Gabriel addresses her, he calls her by, in a sense, her, um, her, her name given to her by, by God and the angel. You know, your name is full of grace. Hail, full of grace. That is, that is your name. And what we mean by that, obviously, or maybe not so obviously, is that there is no aspect of Mary that is not graced. She's completely full of grace. She is free of sin. She's completely responded to God's call for her. She has aligned herself perfectly with God's will. She's completely full of God's grace. The angel greets her with great awe um, because of um, her holiness and her closeness to God. You know, greater than all the angels is Mary, the mother of God. She is full of grace. Um, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. This is a very important um, thing to point out, because right now in the age of um, 
you know, abortion, we're kind of moving back that, you know, where what comes out of the womb is, is, is not sacred and beautiful, but every human life is sacred and beautiful. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. Um, Jesus actually came from Mary's womb. She is the mother of God. It is blessed what, what comes from her. And in, then in, by by association, then so is everything that comes from the womb of a woman. These are two very, very beautiful lines that are important for us just to repeat over and over. They can, they've, they've defeated a lot of um, heresies and evil things in our church, and the devil hates those words. Right. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Well, and as you're talking, you know, it really struck me, as you said, St. Gabriel is addressing her kind of by her God-given name. And it made me think of all these other uh, people that we know throughout salvation history, where Abram is renamed as Abraham, uh, Jacob is renamed as Israel, Peter renamed, I'm sorry, uh, Simon renamed as Peter. Uh, and so then with Mary, can we also kind of look at full of grace and that being along that same line, this is your kind of God-given name. Even though we don't see that in Scripture, we have heard then come to St. Bernadette. And instead of saying, I'm, I am Mary, she says, I am the Immaculate Conception when she's at Lourdes. So is that her kind of taking on that new name, that full of grace, I am full of grace, I am the Immaculate Conception? I've never thought of it that way, but absolutely, you could you could still say that. You know, the immaculate, I am the Immaculate Conception is just another way of saying that, you know, I am full of grace. So, yeah, I would say you can definitely equate those two. Mm. What about those words, the Lord is with you, the Lord is with thee, right after the angel Gabriel says you're full of grace, using that God-given kind of title or name there. And... I guess the thing that stands out to me, Father, is he says this, the Lord is with you, before Mary ever said yes, before she ever gave her assent to the the request that was put before her of, you've been chosen to be the mother of the Savior, the Messiah, the chosen one that will save the entire world. And those words would hold so much more significance once she is carrying Jesus inside of her, as you mentioned, you know, the womb, that, that she, she is the one who gives birth to Jesus. But before she ascends, what does that tell us about her before she answers yes or no? She could have said no at that point, but before she gave her answer, the fact that the, ga- that, that the Archangel Gabriel says, the Lord is with you. Yeah, I think that is, um, for me, you know, just reflecting on that theologically, when we look at how sin entered the world, sin entered the world through a free choice of a sinless woman and a sinless man, Adam and Eve. You know, they're both sinless until they chose to eat that apple, sin entered the world. And then, and then grace that conquers that sin is going to enter the world through a free man and a free woman. In other words, perfectly sinless a sinless man, Jesus, a sinless woman, Mary. And so if the angel would have appeared, and it's going to be the free choice of Mary. You know, it's her free choice whether she wants to accept this or not. It's not being forced on her. Now, if the angel would have come and said, Hail Mary, the Lord isn't quite with you yet, but you have to say yes or no to this, then, you know, it's not a free choice. 
you know, but the idea, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you, you know, it, it shows that she's already in complete relationship with God, you know, so that her yes to this is, is, com- is completely free. Mm. So next we come to the part of the prayer, and you've, you've referenced this for a moment, you know, just, just a, a couple of minutes ago, but that blessed art thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And this, again, is where we insert a name, Jesus, at the end of this sentence. And then, as you, as you said, Father, this is where um, Elizabeth, Mary's cousin, she's the one who makes this proclamation when Mary enters her home. She goes there and, and you know, uh, Elizabeth says, when, you, when you, the sound of your voice hit my ears, the infant in my womb leaped for joy. And so you've got John the Baptist, who's the witness to Jesus there. You've got Elizabeth, who speaks these words, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And then we have Mary, who responds with her Magnificat, and she says that all generations will call me blessed. So can you talk maybe uh, with us about Mary being blessed among women and that all generations will call her blessed. And that seems to be, again, maybe going back to that opening uh, comment about non-Catholic Christians have such a difficult time with a lot of Marian devotion that we have in the Church, but you miss out on so much. You miss out on, on like you said, Father, that, that mother role in your spiritual life if you don't have that relationship with Mary. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the great thing about Elizabeth's um, proclamation. From this day, all generations will call you blessed, which meaning we have an obligation to call Mary blessed. I just remember when I, I loved my mother. My mother is very close to me, at least as a little guy. And when I had friends, I wanted them to meet my mom. And in fact, I had one friend that liked my mom so much when he drove across country he had he could either visit me or my mother, and he decided to visit my mother, which, yeah, which didn't make me upset, you know, because I love my mom and I want my mom to be honored, and it it, sure. it gave me great joy to know that he liked her that much, and so we're never going to love Mary more than Jesus did, and we're never going to love, you know, Mary more than the angels and saints and God the Father does, and to to be in the will of God is to love what God loves. And so why not, you know, love what, who God loves, which is his blessed mother. And so we have, we have an obligation to do this. And as, you, and as you rightly pointed out, you lose so much. You know, you lose so much because you, 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 we, we're, we're embodied people as male and female. And we, we never lose that need for a motherly hand in our spiritual life. And, you know, who are you going to go to that? Um, you know, why not go to the Virgin Mary? And we, we just, experiences have shown that people that know how to turn to Our Lady just draw so much closer to Jesus. Hmm. Our spiritual director today on The Inner Life, Father Eric Nielsen, a priest in the Diocese of Madison, pastor of the St. Paul University Catholic Center on the campus of the University of Wisconsin in Madison, and talking about uh, the Hail Mary, talking about praying the rosary during this month of October dedicated to the Holy Rosary, and how has Mary had that impact on your life? How has praying the rosary changed you? 
Has it made a difference in your life in some way, in maybe the way that you interact with others, in the way that you live out love of your neighbor, uh, loving God? Has it helped to strengthen your marriage, praying the rosary? Has asking for Mary's intercession, has it helped you to overcome an addiction, maybe to remain pure and chaste, to become more patient with your spouse or with your children? Our studio line, 888-914-9149, And our email address is innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. And uh, Father, now we come to the part of the prayer where we see the name of Jesus, that, that middle part, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. And I remember hearing this in my very first year after I entered the Catholic Church, how Jesus really is the center, the focal point of the Hail Mary. And this, to me, is the most important aspect of Marian devotion. I remember, uh, and I've shared this story on the air before, but when I, before I came into the church, the man who would eventually be my sponsor into the church, he took me, invited me to go with him to Eucharistic Adoration. And we walked into the Eucharistic Chapel. They had perpetual adoration at this parish. And it was in the evening, and it's quiet. And we went in, and the person who was in there before had gotten up, left. And so then this man, he kind of walked me through and explained a lot of the things that I was seeing there, things I, I just didn't know about. This is a monstrance. Here's, you know, this is what this means. This is what people do when they come in, or this is what, you know. And I asked him at one point, I said, well, there's this statue of Mary here that's in this back corner. And if this is all focused on adoring Christ in the Eucharist, if this is what we're supposed to be centered on, why even have a statue of Mary? And my sponsor said, well, look at her position. She's in the back, she's in this back corner, and look at her hands. They're down by her side, just kind of palms open up, and trying to usher you or guide you to her son, Jesus. And that right there, she as that spiritual mother for us, for the church, she always wants to lead us to her son. And that that made such a strong impression on me. And we see that even in this prayer with Jesus being that focal point in the center. Yeah, I mean, that's, um, I think you answered the question, um, you know, pretty well. The focal point is our Lord Jesus. And for those saying the rosary, a little habit that you can do is to repeat what the mystery is when you say the word Jesus in the Hail Mary. You know, Holy Mary, Mother God, pray for us sinners now at the hour. Holy Mary, Mother God, um, I'm spacing out here. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus carrying his cross, or Jesus oh, being crucified, yeah. or Jesus rising from the dead. And, you know, and just to really make that focal point, our Lord Jesus. And and so what Mary is doing there is, if you will, that, G, that word Jesus right at the middle of that prayer. And through that meditative, you know, just recitation of the name of Jesus, you know, while we're focusing on the mystery. And I don't know why it works, I just know it does. Oh, I'd never heard that before, but that's, yeah, I really like that. I, I think that's a great suggestion, Father. And, and Mary's grace just, um, she suddenly just starts to draw you in. You know, and a woman, you know, it's funny about a mother. A mother kind of teaches you a lot of things without you even realizing it. You know, a, a mother's hand just has a very subtle way of just leading you in the right direction. Moms almost intuitively know 
how to gently um, let their kids, you know, make their own choices, but helping them make the right choices. And I think that's what Our Lady does with us, with with our Lord Jesus. You know, she just helps us move silently and quietly towards towards our Lord Jesus. In a certain sense, she's almost like a the perfect representation of the Holy Spirit. You know, she's not the Holy Spirit, obviously. She's you know, but and somehow I always feel like this is Mary is more like the Holy Spirit acting in our life. Hmm. Well, next we come to. Another title, we talked about how that full of grace, that's kind of a name that we can recognize there, that God has acknowledged her status, full of grace. She is the Immaculate Conception um, at the beginning of the prayer. But then we say, Holy Mary, Mother of God. And I know that before I knew anything about the Catholic Church, this title seemed like it was trying to elevate Mary above God, but the title of Mary as Mother of God, if, if you don't understand what the history of the Church is and why that's so important, it's not making a statement so much about Mary as it is about the divinity of Jesus. This is acknowledging that Jesus is not only fully divine, but also fully human. And you made a, a comment earlier in the Our Father that by that, we've defeated past heresies. And and that's what always comes to my mind when I think of Mary, Mother of God now, is this is is about Jesus. It's still focused. It's still centered on Christ. And uh, without him, she wouldn't even have this title, Mother of God. Yeah, the thing, Mother of God, it's a it's a beautiful title, and as you um, probably knew as a as a Protestant, it's hard for Protestants to say that. It kind of jars them a little bit, you know, Mother of God. But as you pointed out, if you can't say Mary's the Mother of God, you are de- you are um, no longer believing, or you are denying the fact that Jesus is truly God and truly man, one person. So Jesus isn't two different people. You know that would be Nestorianism. Okay, Jesus is not two persons united with each other. He's one person with a divine nature and a human nature. So since he's one person, the person of Jesus was born through Mary. Um, and that's why we can say she is the mother of God. You know, John the Baptist kind of alludes to this a little bit. The one who comes after me came before me. And that sounds like an oxymoron, Right. No, because John the Baptist came first, Jesus came later, but Jesus is God, so he came before. Um, as a man, right. he comes after John the Baptist, but as a God, he comes before John the Baptist. And so we have to hold both of these things in the person of Jesus. So Mary gives birth to the man-God, Jesus Christ. It's the same way that we can say God died on the cross. If Mary is not the mother of God, God did not die on the cross, and Jesus is not really God anymore. He's just a man kind of pretending to be God. Right. Well, and so then we finally come to this point where we ask for Mary's intercession in the Hail Mary, pray for us sinners. And maybe first of all, uh, can you talk about why do we pray for us collectively? Why, why do I not pray for myself individually? Why is it important that we're asking for Mary's prayers for us sinners? You know, it's very interesting. It's, a lot of that has to do with the fact, I think, that you know, we are saved as a church. You know, individually we'll decide whether or not we want to be a part of the church or not, whether we want to accept that salvation. But, 
you know, we're saved as a people of God. You know, that goes right through scriptures. You know, the Jewish people were saved. Um, and so we're, we're saved as one, and we're united in one by a common mother. I remember once I got really mad at my brother, my little brother, and I was just I was just going to beat the guy up. I just couldn't handle it anymore. And then I thought to myself, you know, that'll make my mom really angry, so I don't want to do that. You know, and what bounded us together was this common mother. And so what bonds us together, we're all part of one mother, which is the church, and Mary is, is the prime um, um, symbol of the church. And so we, we can't just pray for myself. What, what good is my salvation if my friends are not saved with me, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in heaven all alone. So pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Whenever, whenever Mary appears to anybody on earth, that the church, any apparition that the church has approved, Mary's exhortation is for us to do penance and pray for sinners um, out of love and charity for our fellow man, you know, to pray that they'll have have a conversion. And plus, too, when we say pray for us sinners, the acknowledgement that we're all in the same boat. We're all in need of God's mercy and love. You know, we don't want to be like the publican that sits, you know, in the front of the church and, you know, or the Pharisee that sits in the front of the church and says, you know, Praise God, you didn't make me like this publican in the back. Yeah, you know, I I fast twice a week and tithe on you know mint and. So yeah, no, that, I I think that's a great means. point because I had never thought of that before. That when we say pray for us sinners, we're in those words, we're letting go of our pride that I might be better than somebody else or worse than somebody else. We're all on the same level there. We're all sinners in need of God's love and mercy and forgiveness. I, I love that. And so, so now, Father... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, the, uh, you know, we're, we're here at the end of the prayer, and we not only ask for Mary's intercession now, but then we also say, at the hour of our death. And most of the time... And I would presume this is fairly common for most people who pray the rosary. I'm almost exclusively focused on the here and now. These are the things that I'm asking for. These are the intentions that I have. And I'm not so worried about those things far down the road. And hopefully, you know, the hour of my death isn't coming up tomorrow. I've got a few more years left. Can you talk about, though, the importance of asking for our Blessed Mother's intercession for when we do face that hour of our death. Yeah, I got a funny story about, not funny, a beautiful story about that. I don't know if you ever um, read anything by Joseph Torella. He was a Ukrainian, and his parents were um, communist officials, but he was he was Christian, and he was very much promoting the gospel in Ukraine. And they arrested him, threw him in jail, and he needed to kill him. But they needed it to look like an accident because of his parents, who were communist officials, and so they put him in a room with all this cold air coming out of this duct. They're going to freeze him to death. And as he was lying on his bed, freezing to death, his eyes kind of froze shut, and he thought this is the end. He suddenly felt a touch on his shoulder. His whole body warmed up, and there standing in front of him was the Virgin Mary. And Our Lady looked at him and says, Joseph, why do you look so surprised? Haven't you always prayed that I would be with you at the hour of your death? Oh, wow. Well, here I am. And um, so what we're doing there is the hour of our death is the most important time of our life because that is when the final battle goes on between you and Satan. 
was Satan trying to get you to despair or trying to um, ignore the need for God's mercy, you know, thinking that you're good enough just the way you are. And so that last hour is extremely important. And that's where your salvation is won or lost because, you know, we have to hold on to our salvation to the very end. That's why the greatest grace we can have is final perseverance. And to have Our Lady there um, to ward off those evil spirits that are going to try to get us to despair and just comfort us because, you know, facing death is, you know, we only do it once. And it, it, it is, you know, I don't, we don't know what's going to happen on the other side. And, we, you know, we just need our Mary's love at that moment. So every time we say the Hail Mary, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. You're asking for Our Lady to intercede for you now, obviously, but you're saving up, if you will. You're you're, you're putting right. forward all of this um, money to be spent for you in that last hour. And tell me again the name, uh, Joseph, what was his last name? Joseph Torella. So J-O-S-Y-P is how you say his first name, and then T-E-R-E-L-Y-A. He has a very famous book called Witness, which it's a great read. It's just, it's just a fun it's a fun read. And, yeah, uh, no, that's about, um, that is a beautiful story, oh, Father. Yeah, uh, well, and uh, Father, we've made it here through the Hail Mary, and um, I do want to also open up the phone lines again. Again, our spiritual director, Father Eric Nielsen, a priest in the Diocese of Madison, as we're talking about the Rosary, specifically the Hail Mary, and how has the Rosary made that difference in your life? What maybe miracle or transformation have you seen because of the rosary? Our studio line, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father Laura's uh, been holding, listening to us in California. Hi, Laura, thanks for calling into The Inner Life today. Hi, yes, um, good morning. I'm calling because um, first I want to say that I had every intention and I told God that I was going to start praying the rosary on Facebook just so that I would, you know, try to attract more people to it. And I never did. I never did. And this happened maybe a year or two ago that I told God I would do that for, for Our Lady. And I never did. Three months ago, my 34-year-old son um, was got COVID and he was very sick. He ended up being... Um, intubated and in a coma, sedated. And the ER doctor and the ICU doctor told me that um, he was critically ill. There was no room for him to become any sicker and that he could die at any moment. And that if I was a woman of faith, to start praying. And um, God got my attention and I prayed. I got on my knees. At that moment, in front of the ER um, department, because we, I couldn't go in with him due to COVID, and because he was a COVID patient, I couldn't go in. So right outside the emergency room at the hospital, I got on my knees, and I prayed, and I begged, and I implored God to heal myself. This was on a Saturday morning, and Sunday, so that night, I started praying the rosary, on Facebook. I'm sorry. I started praying the rosary on Facebook. And every single night since then, I have. I asked Our Lady, please, Mother, as a mother, understand my pain. I cannot begin to 
comprehend what her pain was to see her son crucified, having no sin. And so I begged her, I asked her to please intercede with her son and with God to heal my son. My son was off intubation, off sedation in five days. And I believe that although I know it was God and God's mercy, I know that it was Our Lady that interceded, not only as my mother, but as a mother and understood my pain. And I know that she asked her son to heal my son. And my son is doing well. Thank God and thanks to Our Lady. Well, that's a great story, and I'll keep doing it, huh? <laughs> Rose every yeah. day in Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh, that's that's such a remarkable story, Laura. Uh, I'm so glad that you called in to share that. And, Father, I, one of the things that just jumps out as Laura's saying that is it really allowed her to enter into Mary's suffering, Mary's sadness and sorrow that she experienced at the foot of the cross, and... I think that probably, for Laura, allowed her to just have such a deeper connection with Christ, and and that's going to be with her for the rest of her life now. Yeah, that's another way of really looking at Our Lady, too, is because um, with everybody who suffers, there's somebody generally who loves that person who's suffering with that person. And sometimes that suffering can be worse than the suffering that the person is going through. Um, so when we see Our Lady at the foot of the cross, we see a woman who is going through the agony of watching somebody else suffer, and she's watching her sin, sinless son suffer. And um, so that uh, entered into, and that's a beautiful thing to enter into, the suffering of Our Lady there at the foot of the cross. Of course, our Lord was also suffering because of what he saw his mother going through. Um, so we don't want to say Mary's suffering is greater than our Lord's. Right. But, um, it, was, it was great suffering. Laura, thanks again so much for calling into the program. And again, our spiritual director, Father Eric Nielsen, a priest in the Diocese of Madison, pastor of St. Paul University Catholic Center on the campus of the University of Wisconsin in Madison. And you can call in and share how the rosary has made a difference in your life. Maybe you've had that miracle. Maybe it's just praying to Our Lady. Her intercession has helped you grow in a certain virtue or has helped you to become more patient with your family, your spouse, your children. Uh, Maybe it's helped heal a relationship. And our studio line is 888-914-9149-888-914-9149. Email address innerlife at relevantradio.com. And we'll continue talking about the rosary during this month of the rosary coming up next here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Fall into the spirit of giving by donating your car to Relevant Radio. The proceeds from your car, truck, motorcycle, or boat will support your favorite programs. RelevantRadio.com slash car. If you're searching for something more, All right. if, you, if need... you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. Or email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. 
Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, our spiritual director, Father Eric Nielsen, a priest in the Diocese of Madison, talking today about the rosary. How has the rosary impacted you? How have you changed? How have you grown in your faith by praying the rosary? How have you seen a transformation in your life? Or maybe, maybe there's been that miracle in your life because of turning to our Blessed Mother and praying to her, asking for her intercession. 888-914-9149. That's the line, the, the phone number to call into the studio here, 888-914-9149. And uh, Father, we also have just a little bit of time here to look at one other prayer. Now, in past shows, we've looked at the Our Father, um, but one thing we've never looked at is the Glory Be, and that's that prayer that kind of rounds out each decade for us. And first of all, the thing that strikes me, this is simply just a prayer of praise. And I think that's something so unique, because almost all other prayers that we seem to pray, they're asking for something at some point. You know, Mary, pray for us sinners in the Hail Mary. Um, Our Father, give us this day our daily bread, lead us not into temptation. We're asking for things. Uh, The chaplet of divine mercy, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. But in the glory be, we're not asking for anything in the words of the prayer. It's simply just a prayer of praise. And maybe you can talk about the importance of that. Yeah, I think that's um, that's a great point because our primary responsibility when it comes to God, our justice is to give him praise and worship because he is all good, all perfection. Um, He has created us. He has given us everything. So the first thing out of our mouth when we approach God is I praise you, I adore you, and I love you. We owe him, and that's what we'll be doing in heaven. In heaven, we won't be asking for anything. We'll have everything we need. So in heaven, what all we'll be doing is praising and worshiping and adoring God. So it's only fitting that we should have a prayer in the church that does simply that. Mm. Uh, Let's go back to the phones, Father. We've got Tanya who's listening to us in Phoenix. Hi, Tanya. Welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling in. Hi, thank you. Good morning. Yeah, go ahead. You're on the air. Yes, hi. So my story is that me and my sisters, we prayed a novena to Our Lady and to our nuns because my mom was really sick with COVID last year. So the first day that we did it, she finally woke up and she was more alert. And then on the ninth day that we finished the rosary and our novena, she came home. So it was definitely like an intercession by Our Lady that you know, she's with us and that she recuperated. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, just um, one mother taking care of another mother. Yeah, that, that is. Thanks so much for calling in, Tanya, and sharing that. And, Father, we also have Andy, who's listening to us in Minneapolis. Andy, only a couple minutes, but wanted to get you on the program before the end of the hour. Thanks for calling in. Yes, thank you for taking my call. And I have been praying the rosary for about a year now. But it started when I I was having a lot of troubles in spiritual warfare, and I was having trouble sleeping at night. And uh, it's quite a long story, so I'll try to condense as much as I can. But I I ended up um, getting trying to get help through... Um, medical professionals, counseling. I went for EMDR, which is um, what uh, a lot of veterans get help through that. And But nothing seemed to help me 
And I even had uh, a priest come and pray a mass in my house. And he, I also had a priest do three exorcisms. And finally, nothing would help me except praying the rosary. And now I, I can sleep better. And my life has changed so much from um, just that intercession of Mary. So, oh, that's great. Do you, do you looking back? Do you kind of real see what had happened? That uh, what spiritual thing was going on there, or do you just see it as a miraculous, just intervention of Our Lady that you can sleep? Yes, and I. You're, it was kind of breaking up the phone. I didn't catch everything you said, but... Um, well, and uh, Father I, and Andy, I'm going to jump in here because we're down to just a few seconds left in the program. Andy, I'm so glad you called in, and it really does sound like Our Lady has really worked in a powerful way in your life, and I'm so glad for that. And Father, um, if anybody's listening and they don't pray the rosary daily, uh, could you just give maybe words of encouragement of why that is important as we conclude the hour today? Yeah, the rosary is so important is because so many saints have, be, have said it's important. All the popes lately have said it's important. The rosary just simply works. It brings you closer to Jesus. And through the rosary, you it's like a knotted cord that you're cl- using to climb up a tree or something. You know, it's, it's hard to slip backwards when you've got mm-hmm. that knotted cord. I love that image there. That's great, Father. And could I also ask you in our remaining uh, about 10 seconds here, but to offer our listeners a blessing as we do conclude the hour. Sure. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we ask in your mercy that you would bless all these listeners with a deep devotion and desire and ability to pray the rosary daily. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Eric, for being with us here on the program today. Of course, stay tuned. We've got Mass coming up next with Father Luke Ferris as the celebrant. We'll see you back here tomorrow on The Inner Life. I have really struggled with my faith. And again, I'm so grateful to Relevant Radio. The joy that I get from my spiritual life. Man, I feel like the scales have fallen off my eyes. This is my religious education every single day when I listen to you. And... I go to church and I pray for you, you know, about Patrick Madrid and uh, Jim Mariani and everybody. I just thank God. I'm like, for putting people like you on the radio and making my faith just increase so much. This is why we exist. Relevant Radio. Is to help people get to heaven. You know, if somebody's thirsting for the truth, what better place than Relevant Radio, okay, to quench their thirst, uh, you know, for the truth? You guys do such a good job. Okay, you're doing it and, you know, every day trying to figure another way to say it. Okay, but it's always the truth. Bringing Christ to the world through the media. Relevant Radio. I was so touched to get this email. It's from Nancy Z. She says, thank you very much to Relevant Radio for Kale Clark's The Faith Explained. This is the best show I've ever heard. I appreciate the explanation of scripture, historical items, other sources, and so on. It has benefited me greatly. Again, thank you very much. Have a blessed day, Nancy Z. Nancy, that just made my day. The Faith Explained with Cale Clark, 1230 p.m. Central on Relevant Radio.